Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Eric Sedell about the top hiring trends in 2021 and beyond. Eric Seidel, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. I'm excited today to talk about top hiring trends in 2021 and beyond, and you're an expert in this field. And so I'm really interested in picking your brain and understanding more about what you see in terms of these hiring trends and the connection with post-pandemic shifts that we we might see coming down the pipeline, as well as engaging with AI and machine learning and other disruptive technologies that are influencing the future of work. As we get started, I wanted to share Eric's bio with everybody. Eric Seidel is an industrial organizational psychologist, seasoned entrepreneur, and skilled consultant with more than two decades of experience working in the recruiting technology and staffing industries. An expert in artificial intelligence, machine and deep learning, psychometrics, and their practical application and hiring, Eric regularly writes and speaks on these topics, both in the media and at academic and industry conferences worldwide. Eric was one of the founding scientists of Shaker International, an innovative hiring consulting and solutions firm where he directed research and innovation. He currently serves as executive vice president of innovation at Modern Hire, where he oversees all research and product innovation initiatives, including the data science focused labs team of PhD level IO psychologists and data scientists. Uh, Again, it is a real pleasure, Eric, to have you joining us. I love everything about your background. Um, I am an organizational sociologist, which is kind of a close cousin to IO Psych, and uh, and it's fun just to have the opportunity to connect and talk about these important issues. Before we launch into the conversation, anything you would like to share with listeners by way of your personal background or context? No, I think that is a great overview. Um, It makes me sound very busy. I don't feel quite that busy on a day-to-day basis, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun field for sure. And, you know, there's a lot of interesting trends and things that are impacting what we do right now in a way that they never did before. And so it's exciting and I'm looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Well, so the elephant in the room, I mean, the obvious first thing we need to address is the pandemic. Uh, We're a year into this. There is light at the end of the tunnel at this point. People are getting vaccinated. I go to get my second shot next week, uh, which I'm thrilled about. And slowly, it seems like things are opening up. People are kind of getting back to normal. But I think some of the shifts that we've seen in the workplace aren't going away anytime soon. People have become accustomed 
to hybrid and virtual work arrangements and the flexibility inherent in that. And that's going to have implications for the ongoing trends that we see in the workplace, uh, more broadly speaking, but also specifically in relation to hiring. So how do you see the pandemic shifting the ongoing hiring needs and how can employers adapt moving forward? Yeah, yeah, certainly the pandemic has been a bit of a seismic shift for us over the past year, year and a half or so. And, you know, while obviously it's a negative event overall, it has created a lot of disruption in the hiring space, which has allowed technology, a lot of technology that already existed to be leveraged more and adopted at a much quicker rate than it otherwise would have been. You know, so one of the biggest shifts was replacing traditional face-to-face interviews um, with online, you know, digital virtual interviews, which is something we do at Modern Hire. Um, We observed the impact of that firsthand. We saw the volume of our interview technology solutions increase by a factor of 10x compared to a similar time frame the year before. Um, And so, and and that there was a peak and then it's still after that peak lowered a little bit, but the adoption was still at a rate of about eight times what we had seen the previous year. So, you know, massive, massive shift towards virtualization in our business. I think that, you know, obviously as people get their shots and things start to go a little bit more like normal, um, we will see more and more face-to-face thing, uh, events and interviews and things. But I mean, you know, it does seem pretty reasonable to assume that some of the effects of virtualization will be lasting. You know, we've certainly all got a lot more proficient at using Zoom and, you know, that's not going to go away. The pandemic caused an acceleration towards the adoption of existing technologies, the enhancement of those technologies, um, and ultimately shifting us faster towards the, this impending future of work that we already saw coming. I mean, people have been anticipating some of these changes for you know a long time, for the better part of a decade or more even, but you know, there, people can be slow adopters and change can be slow. But, you know, as everyone knows, last March, you know, we had to kind of on a dime, just make a change and people had to uh, adapt or die. And, and, and so we, we saw this, this huge acceleration into the, the future of work. And, you know, maybe where I thought we would have been in five years, we kind of have gotten there in the, in the space of a year, be, just because of the necessity of it all. Um, and of course, that has implications for the future um, and work arrangements, and whether it's it's remote, or we get back to face to face, or it's a hybrid arrangement. And, and then that has implications for how we're going to hire moving forward. You mentioned the virtual interviewing, uh, and we can leverage not only Zoom or Microsoft Teams meetings to do virtual interviews, but there's also really cool AI and machine learning uh, technologies that can be utilized to analyze those recorded interview videos uh, that yeah. can also help it through the hiring process. So what, have you, what do you see coming in that regard and what yeah. are you doing in your company? Yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, you know, obviously, when we talk about trends, everybody immediately talks about the pandemic. And that is obviously something that's had, you know, a tremendous, massive impact on our world over the past year. But, you know, when I think of trends, the larger trend that has 
been having an impact. Um, and it goes back to, you know, about two decades for the past two decades or so, AI has been developing, has been coming on the scene. And AI existed well before that, but it really was about two decades ago that something seismic happened in the AI world, which was the creation of deep learning. And deep learning is a specific type of AI that allows us to make sense of especially unstructured data, you know, like freeform talking or text or anything, you know, that's out there in the world. It, like the, it's the thing that powers self-driving cars. And it's the thing that, that um, I don't know, probably allows Netflix to figure out what movie I want to watch next um, with an uncanny level of accuracy. You know, so it's very good at making sense of the world around us. And that has been uh, just a tremendous, tremendous shift in so many different aspects of our economy. So I think what's so interesting now is that we have, you know, the effects of the pandemic on top of AI trends and AI um, development and implementation. And it's very exciting, you know, and when I take a step back from everything that's going on, it's kind of amazing to be living through a time that's this eventful and momentous, I think, because the AI technology is transformative and we have an opportunity in our field, in our space, in my company, you know, to apply it in unique and different ways that add value to the world. And um, so it's, it's, you know, that's a pretty fun thing. Um, you know, and as you mentioned, AI um, can add a lot of value to the hiring process. It can do that by making better sense of all the different candidate data that's out there. You know, um, making decisions about people is one of the hardest things that you could do. You know, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, you probably have noticed, uh, but people are complicated. And uh, it's not always very easy to know, you know, what a person's going to say or how they're going to act in different situations. Um, psychology has been studying that. Industrial psychology has been studying that for about 100 years now. But AI has accelerated our ability to understand what people will do in different situations. And so um, as, as an example, you know, we've been building complicated um, statistically derived weighting schemes for assessments we use for a long time, a long time, well before AI. And when I started my career, I um, experimented with a lot of different techniques, neural networks and things like that, and tried to see how predictive we can make assessments that we're using in the hiring process. And fast forward till now, we've got massive um, hiring systems deployed with, you know, Fortune 10 companies doing hundreds of thousands of candidates or millions of candidates a year. And the scoring of those systems is based on multiple regressions and correlations and sort of traditional statistical things. And what we've started to do now is redo the scoring of those systems with AI. And it's amazing. It's amazing because we're able to extract even more predictive uh, information from all the data that we're collecting, so much so that switching from a traditional statistical model to an AI model results for these big companies in many millions of dollars of increased ROI. And so it's kind of stunning because previously we love to talk about how sophisticated our algorithms are 
and that they were developed by a bunch of you know PhDs that studied statistics and psychometrics and blah blah blah. And now, in many cases, we're able to take AI and and just blow that out of the water and make it even more better, uh, even more you know predictive um, yeah. of job success. So it's pretty crazy to see that shift happening right before our eyes. Yeah, it, I mean, it really is. And, and uh, you point out that this isn't new. Uh, I mean, machine learning and AI has been around for a long time. And it's, it's just accelerated, you know, as computing power and the cost of storage and the cost of that computing um, uh, equipment has gone down, you know, so it's, um, it, it's been embraced more and more and more. And, and we've seen this as an ongoing trend. And I agree. I think the pandemic as a point in time that acted as an accelerant is important to note, but these are trends that we've seen coming for a while and, and they're going to continue on. And so various disruptive technologies like AI and deep machine learning, uh, we absolutely need to, to take into account and we need to understand how they're imp impacting things moving forward. One of the things that uh, is getting a lot of buzz, uh, there's a lot of talk and discussion around, is the ethical implications of AI, uh, generally speaking, but also in specific relation to the hiring process. So for example, if you have AI algorithms that are, um, that are looking at the interview videos and all the, the applicant data that's available and trying to make decisions, how do we ensure that there isn't embedded bias in the AI itself that is going to perpetuate uh, systems of inequality and inequity and, you know, as we're trying to be more inclusive in our hiring practices. On the one hand, you know, AI and machine learning can is seen as a way to take the human bias and the human element out of it, but it's, it's the humans and their bias that also gets embedded into how, how uh, AI functions in the first place. So how do we handle that? Yeah, moving forward? that is, that is the question of the, the decade sort of, or, you know, it's something that has become the forefront of all of our minds as we study and learn more about AI and what it can do. I think initially when AI came on the scene, everybody was like, oh, awesome, you know, new, uh, fancy new technology. This is great. And then companies started applying it in ways that maybe weren't quite as rigorous as they needed to be. And as a result, we saw a lot of negative headlines from big companies who had created AI algorithms that ended up um, resulting in bias and in biased decisions and recommendations. And I think of that time period when that was happening as something that was happened in the past and now responsible companies are doing better, except that I keep seeing more headlines that say the same thing <laughs> and it's driving me crazy. So, um, so it's not, it's not in the past. Um, you know, so I sometimes we're a little slow to learn those lessons, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, absolutely. And so it's, it's, it's challenging because, you know, I believe very fundamentally in how powerful AI is, and it, it is, it's, it's enormously powerful to figure things out. Um, but we have to be extraordinarily careful with how we develop it and how we apply it. And a lot of times that's just not the case with how companies are developing it. 
um, you know, I and you, you know, we're, I'm, a, I'm a psychologist, you know, so like I went into this field and we've got almost 50 psychologists at Modern Hire um, that are, you know, similar in background to me. We all went into this field not because we wanted to create hyper-efficient and dehumanizing corporate entities. We went into this space because we wanted to understand people and help people be better and more effective in their lives and in their working lives in particular. You know, so our lens is how do we use whatever technology is available to make people's lives better? And that means matching better with companies, you know, finding jobs that are more fulfilling for you and that you like to do and that you last at longer because you're content, you know, and you're getting something out of it. How do we enable that match between a human and a job role that a company might have? And if we are just collecting gobs of data on a person and crunching it to help a company find the most efficient hire without regard for that individual, I think ultimately that ends poorly for humanity, you know, because we're, we're sort of at the early stages now of the AI's, AI's trajectory and it's not gonna get weaker, it's gonna get stronger, you know, and eventually when, who knows, so eventually it's gonna be smarter than we are. We don't know when that's gonna be, it's not gonna be next year, it's probably not gonna be in a decade, but it might be in two or three decades, um, you know, and we don't wanna be positioned uh, we don't want to have contributed to taking all the humanity out of our world <laughs> right now, you know, so I think it's super, super important. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. I was digressing a little bit philosophically there. I think that the reality in hiring and in our space right now what we're doing and what people, what companies need to be doing is certainly studying AI and certainly understanding what it can do for the hiring process. It can certainly make sense of data and make that information more predictive, which is great for everybody. Now, bias, the question of bias, you know, people have given AI sort of a bad name, a bad rap. People think of AI as causing bias. AI doesn't cause bias. 
what it does is it illuminates bias. It reveals yeah. bias that is already there. And that bias comes from us. It comes from humans. And, you know, we are all, you know, highly biased creatures. We filter information in our brains in a certain way that allows us to make quick decisions. And, and you know, our brains use a variety of different heuristics and, and tools like that to make sense of the world around us in a quick way. And a lot of that is subconscious and certainly a lot of it is biased. And, you know, that's different than being overtly racist or any of the other sort of ists that, you know, we could talk about. Um, those are clearly bad and we need to avoid those. But even beyond those, if you're not racist, you're still processing information in a way that is certainly biased and subject to all kinds of heuristics. So that then just gets propagated into the AI, which then could potentially release those biases at scale, you know, systemically. And that is very yeah. bad. So, you know, that's the thing that we have to watch out for. And how do we do that? We study the AI more thoroughly and constantly have to evaluate it for bias. So one thing that I think is, you know, I don't think it's reasonable to assume or to expect that we are at any time soon gonna be able to say that we have AI algorithms that are bias-free. That's, I think that's a naive expectation. And I think that you might hear some companies saying bias-free or, you know, unbiased. I think that's naive and I don't, and I, I don't think we are to a point where we could have faith that any algorithm is bias-free without constantly monitoring it. And I think to me, that is the critical thing that we need to be doing is having better monitoring of algorithms, audits, continual, not, not one-time audits of a hiring system or of a test to see if it's biased, continual, continually auditing and monitoring the performance of AI to make sure that it's not biased. And we're go it's going to be biased. We're going to uncover biases that we did not see coming. Yeah. Um, because AI is continually do a better job of predicting things. And in so doing, it's going to uncover things that correlated with race and with gender and with other subgroups uh, that need to be protected. And so we have to monitor that in order to control it. And I think that for me is the fundamental bottom line is better auditing, better continual monitoring. And that's certainly what we try to do at Modern Hire, you know, with the data that we're collecting. Yeah, I agree. I think that's super important. And what I see some organizations doing, perhaps many or most, is, you know, they, they see the value in, AI and machine learning. So they're adopting these new tools to assist in various aspects of the business, including hiring, but it's largely a black box and, and nobody really understands anything about how it works. And so how, how do you monitor um, the algorithms and, and what they're producing? How do you do that if you don't actually understand what's, what's going on behind the scenes? And so that's an important piece that requires highly skilled um, individuals with technical expertise like yourself and your team uh, to be able to help with that monitoring process. And we need to be able to do that. I mean, uh, you, you, you think about all the dystopian movies and, you know, do, are, are we on the verge of a, you know, rise of the machines, Terminator type of a dystopian future, or is it more of like, a, are we going on the other extreme? Are we going to have some sort of a Star Trek 
um, utopian kind of a space exploration future uh, aided by technology and, and uh, machines. Now, obviously, it doesn't need to be either extreme, right? We're probably going to be somewhere in the middle, but it, it does require monitoring. It does require continual um, attention to how we're utilizing and implementing these technologies. And we need people to take an ethical perspective on how these things are being applied. Uh, we can't just say it's, you know, because it increases the ROI factor, the bottom line and efficiencies that it's inherently good. Well, we have to go deeper than that from a ethical uh, framing perspective. Um, so yeah. I, as we, as we wrap up here today, um, any other trends that you see coming, uh, you know, in 2021 and into the future in terms of hiring and what, what is your company doing to try to address that? Yeah, yeah, great. Um, such a such exciting questions about the future of uh, you know humanity and everything. I certainly am am crossing my fingers that it's a fun space exploration future, not a uh, Terminator <laughs> situation. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we all are collectively. Uh, so the thing that we need to do to make sure that our future is positive is we need to make sure that AI is harnessed effectively right now. You know, and and. In, in IO psychology, what we do is we try to create models that explain human behavior. You know, so we're not just trying to black box predict something, we're trying to understand what drives that prediction. And I think that mentality is very critical to ensuring that we're selecting people for new jobs based on competencies that are job relevant, not the color of their skin or how tall they are or what zip code they happen to call home, you know, things that are all correlated with things we don't want them to be correlated with. Um, so it's up to us. And, you know, we are very active in pushing ethical AI, but, you know, certainly not everybody is. And the data science world in general, a lot of that is, you know, as engineers, people that don't come to AI from the standpoint of theoretical psychology. And so, you know, we need to get the word out to those, those types as well, that there is an ethical and a careful and a harnessed way, you know, to, to develop AI. And, you know, just because we're psychologists doesn't mean we're the only ones that should be concerned with um, creating humanistic approaches to AI. Now, I know you asked about other trends, so I want to, I want to get to that. Um, you know, there's all this all the pandemic and the talk of AI and everything, there's other things going on as well. Um, you know, one of the things that comes out of all that, I think, is building hiring processes that can handle shock better. You know, so hiring processes that can handle um, all of a sudden decreased candidate flow or increased candidate flow reacting to the events of the world. And you know, one of the ways that that can be enabled is by better technology platforms that integrate more data and make sense of the data and that have a, uh, that have information on people you could hire right now, you know, so maybe all of a sudden you have a new opening, but if you have a good awareness of the labor market around you and people that have recently applied, you might be able to make a very, very quick and valid and fair hiring decision based on having enough data at hand, you know? And so um, that's, that's one of the things that 
companies are looking at a lot now is building better processes that are immune to shock. Um, you know, certainly along with that comes an increased focus on talent agility. So not just, you know, always having to go out and hire somebody um, from the outside world to do a job that you've got available in your company, but maybe you've got somebody, you know, two departments over doing um, a totally different job who actually is ready for a change and has some amazing capabilities that could allow them to really get excited about and succeed in the role that you have. How would you know that? Well, the, the way you would know that is by taking stock of the talent that you already have, having it in a system that you can query and that you can pull from, you know? So um, what we would like to be able to do in the, in the not too distant future is when a client posts a requisition for a new position, what if we could automatically show them that, yes, we can post this and here is the assessment process and interview process we would recommend using. At the same time, here are three candidates in your current organization who could be fits for this role. You know, that's, 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 that's possible. That's certainly not using any new technology that doesn't already exist. It's just a question of enabling it. And so that's, uh, that's an exciting development, I think. And then, you know, we have to continually beat the drum on the candidate experience. Um, you know, for a long time, the hiring process was very one-sided, just the company, you know, and now in the last several years, it's become more apparent and obvious that we need to consider the candidate and bring them into the process. And we talk about a two-way information exchange. So instead of the company just studying you under a microscope and you know, extracting everything they can from who you are and using it to gift you with a job if they deem you good enough, instead of that, a conversation between two parties, between a company and between a candidate, um, just like a date. A date would not work if it was one-sided, one person interviewing the other and then deciding whether they were going to gift that person with a marriage, right? It wouldn't work. So it's gotta be a two-way process. And um, so we're working a lot on that and just um, you know, enabling tools that bring the candidate in and provide them with a rich overview of what this job, what this company is all about so that they can be a part of the decision-making process as well. And, you know, honestly, I mean, a lot of candidates will self-select out of a hiring process if they determine that it's Absolutely. not for them, which is it, great. Yeah, it's good for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Eric, those are excellent um, insights into the trends that are coming in terms of hiring and I applaud you and your team for the good work that you're doing and helping to move this forward and, and moving things, you know, in an ethical and sustainable direction as we embrace these technologies, um, focusing on the humanity behind everything that we're talking about and the, the applicant experience. That, that is so important. And if organizations want to be able to attract and retain top talent moving into the future of work, where we need, you know, we need people with much more uh, proficiency in, in a, or an array of technical and soft skills to be able to help organizations be successful. You know, we, we have to take all of these elements seriously. We have to treat 
our applicants better. We have to help them to have a good experience. Um, and, and ultimately we need to leverage uh, the existing capacities of the technologies we have within the organization. We have to better leverage the existing talent that we have within the organization as we're filling positions. Uh, and we can't afford to let good people go because they don't see a path forward for themselves within the company just because they may not you know, fit a traditional talent pipeline that is, has been defined by the company. So there's so many different things that feed into uh, the conversation we've been having today. We've really just scratched the surface, um, but I am mindful of your time. I know I need to let you go. Um, before we part ways today, I wanted to give you a chance to give the final word on the topic, as well as share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your company and your offerings uh, and anything else you would like to, sh to share as we close. Sure. Great. Well, thank you. I appreciate the time. Um, I'm a fan of your podcast. Uh, it's, uh, I was just listening to the one with, uh, with Craig, the youngest, I think, general ever in the U.S. Army. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I wish I could say I was the youngest, I don't know, anything. But um, yeah, so I am with Modern Hire. Um, and Modern Hire has roots over 20 years or so, but it's a new company name combined from... Um, several different organizations that were put together in a SaaS platform that has a variety of different tools available, including interviews uh, and virtual job tryouts, which are assessments, um, very engaging candidate experience assessments, and uh, other tools, including auto scheduling and things like that. Our focus is very much on scientific hiring. So using all those tools uh, with data and with you know, very careful statistical analysis, AI, where it's appropriate, um, not just for the sake of AI, but applying it in unique ways. And we've got a whole team of data scientists who are also psychologists um, that are working on doing that. So um, certainly love to, you know, speak with anyone further about any of the tools and processes and insights we have. And uh, people can find me uh, online, you know, there's uh, Twitter and uh, email and our company website. I'd encourage everyone to go and uh, and check out. So again, I really appreciate the time. Thank you, Eric. It has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected with Eric, find out more about what he and his company can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.